0: Red meat is vastly superior to chicken and fish as a source of dietary protein and as a source of dietary nutrition. Welcome to the Be Rad Podcast, where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life, without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm Brad Kearns, New York Times best-selling author, former number three world-ranked professional triathlete, and Guinness World Record Masters Athlete. I connect with experts in diet, fitness, and personal growth, and deliver short breather shows where you get simple, actionable tips to improve your life right away. Let's explore beyond the hype hacks, shortcuts, and sciency talk to laugh, have fun, and appreciate the journey. It's time to be rad. I'm so excited to introduce you to Peluva. This is a new Please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. Hey, guess what? Brad got spammed recently by Khloe Kardashian and Ryan Reynolds, and I do not like getting spammed with email that I did not uh, uh, solicit, uh, nor from phone calls. I will change my phone number on the run forevermore before I get spam calls interrupting my day. And hey, my email inbox is a little more difficult to protect, but I got a very amusing uh, newsletter blast With the headline, Keeping Fit with the Kardashians Best Celebrity Workouts to Follow in 2023. So instead of getting frustrated and uh, moving it over to the trash, I thought it would be fun to create a breather show breaking down some of the mainstream diet and fitness advice that seems sensible. It seems like it's supported by a lot of uh, cultural messaging and mainstream belief systems, but can actually be highly counterproductive. Now, Uh, Out of the gate, when you're talking about a celebrity with trainers and uh, maybe even a a, a chef and uh, people coaching them and supporting them, they are going to rise far above someone who doesn't have the resources, the time, the energy, or places that importance on their physique where they're going to have to go to a lot of trouble to get things right. So by and large, what you see in the celebrity culture are people who are living, a, uh, by all accounts, a pretty active, healthy, energetic lifestyle. But behind the scenes, when we go and pull back the curtain of Oz, what we see is a great deal of ridiculousness, nonsense, perhaps overly stressful and mentally unhealthy approach to diet, exercise, healthy living, and uh, creating a, a an attractive physique. And boy, I wish I could reach out and help. So Ryan and Chloe, if you're listening, and any other celebrity who's getting crappy advice from a trainer or trending into the uh, uh, the recommended dietary practices that are now being strongly second-guessed by leading researchers, scientists, health experts who have spent their lives, that make this their life's work to pick apart some of these flawed notions. Hey, let's get things moving to the next level. So thanks for listening, watching. I'm going to quote from the email that i received that breaks down uh, chloe's uh, daily uh, dietary habits as well as her weekly exercise patterns and uh, some of this stuff is going to blow your mind so uh, lots of color commentary coming uh, but here's what chloe's daily diet plan looks like it's low in carbs and high in protein and a typical day looks something like this pre-workout almond butter and jam So the almond butter, of course, is in the list of potentially high sensitivity foods due to being high in plant toxins. If it works for you, that's great. Uh, The jam, Uh, Can't say much about that, except for that's a nice dose of sugar. So overall, her diet plan is low in carbs and high in protein. And also, I'm wondering why anyone would need a pre-workout snack like almond butter and jam. So we have this notion that we need to fuel the body before a workout. We have a lot of powdered supplements that are called pre-workout energy boost to go have a kick-ass workout. And generally speaking, the human should be able to perform without needing a dose of calories right before the workout. Even if you're fasted overnight, it's a sign of metabolic health, metabolic flexibility that you can go and burn some energy without needing the almond butter and jam beforehand. So I'm wondering uh, if someone was strategizing that so that she would have a better workout, uh, but not necessary. And of course, when you introduce Uh, foods into the digestive tract and then go and perform a workout, you're asking for potential difficulty because those do not go hand in hand. So even with my recent effort to consume more calories and uh, drift away from fasting into uh, striving for maximum cellular energy status at all times, I do not require calories before my morning exercise routine or even before a a sprint workout or a bicycle workout or something at the gym that lasts for longer. I will go and immediately refuel afterwards, which is a great opportunity to restock energy and help return to re- to homeostasis quickly with getting good nutrition in. But it's certainly unnecessary before. Oh, I should add that I actually will chew on uh, maybe a piece of dried fruit before my morning exercise routine, uh, just inspired by Jay Feldman's message that uh, we want to turn down that stress hormone, that cortisol response in the morning and direct it toward the physical activity rather than needing to produce glucose because we're not eating anything so if something's super light and easy to digest and uh you enjoy it it doesn't disturb your workout so maybe chloe's having one tablespoon of almond butter and jam and getting a a psychological boost if uh, if nothing else then it says breakfast eggs oats with flaxseed powder and berries so flaxseed powder still has a prominence in the health food scene It's highly regarded because it has very high levels of omega-3 fatty acids. However, uh, flax and soy and corn are the three categories of foods that are extremely high in phytoestrogens. These are natural plant estrogenic compounds. So you're getting a massive dose of estrogenic compounds from those three particular foods. They have over 200 times more than any other food. So for that reason alone, I would second guess the need to consume flax seeds or flax seed oil, even though it's giving you an omega-3 boost. And even now, uh, amazingly so, if you listen to my, I think, the fourth podcast with Jay Feldman, he was second guessing the need to go looking for omega-3 fatty acids in the diet because they are highly unstable and can cause problems in the body. So that's a fresh take on what have widely uh, been widely regarded as uh, dietary centerpieces and powerhouses but i think it's uh Uh, indisputable to say that your best source of omega-3s is going to be from the whole food source. So getting your sardines, your wild-caught salmon, rather than in a supplement such as a flaxseed powder, because these agents are very sensitive to heat, light, and oxygen. They're very unstable in comparison to, for example, saturated fat. So when you're consuming omega-3s, there's a great potential for them to become oxidized, particularly in the production process, so just the matter of getting a fish oil into a soft gel capsule can destabilize those omega-3 fatty acids and make them adverse health consequences rather than the intended health benefits. Same for flaxseed powder. We know about oats having uh, also being high in the category of anti-nutrients. So I'm assuming it's oatmeal not raw oats, which would be a terrible idea because without cooking the oats, you're going to get for sure an offensive dose of the natural plant toxins that are found in oats. But by cooking anything, including the foods that are high in plant toxins, like uh, the leafy greens, the kale, uh, the the oats, the the, the grain foods, uh, you're going to neutralize uh, some of those toxins. Same with uh, soaking, soaking, sprouting, fermenting. So uh, some things that we can't even consume until they're soaked, sprouted, fermented, or cooked. And oats should be maybe on that category, although some people do like to put raw oats in their smoothie. So I would be thumbs down on that. But cooked oats, if you're consuming oatmeal and it works for you, uh, we're not going to be too worried about that breakfast. And then it says post-breakfast snacks, nuts and fruit. Um, So we're talking about a day that is pretty much centered around this this, uh, perfect little... Dietary pattern where you have a pre workout snack, a breakfast, a post breakfast snack, a lunch, a post lunch snack, and a dinner. Um, If that works for the individual, that's fine. We know from uh, a lot of research and strong recommendations that uh, the body doesn't need to snack and it can potentially interfere uh, with metabolic health. Uh, As Dr. Kate Shanahan says, as soon as you snack on anything, even a high fat keto approved snack, you are going to prompt an insulin response and you're going to kick out of fat burning or ketone burning. Now, um, if you're just, you know, trying to optimize cellular energy status and you're burning a lot of energy on an active energetic day. I am going to, uh, you know, restate my long position where I was uh, completely blanket against snacking and say in certain circumstances, and maybe the celebrity life where she's rushing around town to the next photo shoot or the next interview and enjoying a snack of nuts and fruit. uh, Certainly can't complain too much. Lunch, chicken or fish with salad and vegetables, things like spinach, beets, and broccoli. So we have just described um, inferior sources of animal protein chicken and fish. So we got to turn that conversation and those notions on their ear and realize that red meat is vastly superior to chicken and fish as a source of dietary protein and as a source of dietary nutrition. So please go to bradkearns.com, download the carnivore scores food rankings chart for free, print it out, put it on your refrigerator and let's put to bed once and for all That someone consuming chicken and fish, even a celebrity, is in a superior category to someone who emphasizes red meat. And of course, I'm talking about sustainably raised, ideally grass fed red meat. This has a vastly superior nutritional profile to almost all chicken and fish. Now, if the chicken is indeed pasture raised, and is not from the feedlot, from the mainstream uh, chicken processing, it's gonna rise up to be an approved food rather than a highly objectionable food. But conventional chicken, as you would find in almost every restaurant, maybe Chloe's going to one of those elite restaurants where they're sourcing a pasture-raised chicken, but conventional chicken has an inferior fatty acid profile due to the adverse diet that was fed that animal and also living in the confined space in the chicken coop. So uh, as Mark Sisson calls chicken dinosaur food, it's way down below on the rankings from a good choice in the red meat category that has superior micronutrient profile across the board. Superior fatty acid profile because ruminant animals uh, that produce red meat, we're talking about cow, we're talking about lamb, we're talking about buffalo, bison, deer, venison, elk, things like that. Um, They are better able to process even an adverse diet as they are fed in uh, the feedlot at the end of life. But remember, uh, uh, the typical cattle is spending 80% of their life grass-fed out on the open range, enjoying a nice healthy species appropriate lifestyle whereby a chicken is usually raised in captivity, fed this corn and soy for their entire lifespan and delivering a vastly inferior end product because chicken as well as a pig are monogastric animals like a human. So they can't process the feed as efficiently as a cow can a cow being a ruminant animal with the multi-chambered stomach where it might be consuming corn and soy feed that's not a great thing to feed any animal but they will deliver an end product that's high in saturated fat due to the processing of the food before the end product comes about so uh, fish we have plenty of commentary where uh, there's a lot of concerns about the polluted waters around the world especially fish sourced from far away lands like asia where they have uh, poor regulation on the chemicals used on the farm fish, and they have concerns about polluted waters. But even with uh, the, the most popular choices uh, here in domestic, you're talking about uh, farm salmon. The species of farmed Atlantic salmon is widely regarded as being over farmed, a lot of times filthy, cramped conditions. Their feed is inferior. They're fed pellets that are dyed orange so that they'll look like a wild salmon. Uh, and that's just an example of salmon. We don't know what fish is listed here, but generally, when you see chicken and fish with the salad and you've heard about the second guessing of salads with the rise of the animal-based movement uh, i highly respect uh, the rationale here that the salad which was once seemingly the centerpiece of healthy diet is not anywhere near uh, the nutrient density or the nutrient offering from the uh, best sourced animal foods the true superstars of the planet things like oysters salmon eggs eggs Organ meats, especially liver, grass-fed red meat, oily cold water fish, pasture-raised eggs. These are the true nutrient-dense superstars of the planet. And the salad, of course, is going to have nutritional benefits, but they pale in comparison to going for the true nutrient superstars. And we have that concerns about Natural plant toxins and sensitivity to those adverse reactions, especially when you consume things in raw form. So, those slices of uh, bell peppers or onions or tomatoes consumed in raw form can give you a nice load of plant toxins that can prompt autoimmune or inflammatory conditions or interfere with nutrient absorption from the good nutrition that you do consume. So, even though it sounds great, especially coming from a celebrity, that they have chicken or fish with salad and vegetables. How can you criticize that? I just finished criticizing it. So open our minds further. Okay. Post-lunch snack, fruits or vegetables or a handful of almonds or berries. Okay. Whatever works. Um, And then dinner, fish again with salad and vegetables again. And of course, we have our concerns in the vegetable family uh, of roots, seeds, stems, and leaves. Leaves, These are the highest plant toxin vegetables. So if you're having uh, some broccoli there with your fish, And boy, where's the origin of that fish? Is it from the farms? Is it from uh, toxic polluted waters? Do they have uh, concerns about heavy metal toxicity in the the most prominent fish at the top of the food chain? We don't know, but a grass-fed steak or even a simple grass-fed burger at a lower budget offering would be a big improvement. Uh, uh Uh-oh, here we go with the exercise. Chloe trains five days a week and uses the weekend to recover from her workouts. Thank God. So that's like the best part of her training regimen is that she uses the weekend to recover from her workouts because get a load of this overly stressful exercise program. Her routines are full body and follow a HIT style high intensity interval training to maximize weight loss while building strength. And what I'm about to report here quickly is an incredibly grueling workout regimen every single day with a lot of the same stuff going on day after day, which would characterize it as a high heart rate workout lasting for a long duration. So it's going to get someone uh, in pretty decent condition if they can adhere to this. And I also second guess the entire uh, premise of a celebrity reporting their workout routine is probably going to report their very best ideal and possibly embellished workout routine. So hopefully she's not working this hard every single day. Otherwise, um, <laughs> by, um, uh, by understanding, she would uh, collapse on the weekend and have to recover. So uh, I would rather see uh, much lower degree of difficulty at, uh, half of these workouts. And then, uh, on occasion, you can punch it up and do a proper high intensity interval training session, or I would prefer to recommend a high intensity repeat training session, where if you're doing something like, uh, jumping jacks, uh, lateral front raise jumps, shadow boxing, things like that, that you can do them with great intensity and much more recovery than is, uh, detailed here in the protocol. So, um, here's monday one minute of jumping rope 30 seconds of plank 30 seconds of rest repeat five times so if we're going one and a half minutes of something that's pretty difficult jumping rope and then holding a plank position with only 30 seconds rest and going through that five times that is going to be a workout that is uh, a high probability of being exhausting and depleting it might even warrant the need to snack all day and plug in to not only three regular meals as reported, but also three other snack uh, sessions before the workout, uh, mid-morning and mid-afternoon. Tuesday, 30-second step-ups and 30-second shadow boxing repeat four times through. So again, kind of uh, probably elevating the heart rate out of the aerobic zone because of the difficulty of doing something like shadow boxing or doing step-ups and uh, intended to elevate the heart rate high. Repeating four times. Wednesday, Pilates or cardio. Hopefully, that's a really easy, comfortable session of cardio. But of course, we know that Pilates is inherently pretty challenging, so I wouldn't call it like a, a rest workout. Thursday, similar: thirty-second knee high knee jumps, thirty-second lateral front raise jumps, thirty seconds rest. So we're talking about a minute of working hard, resting for thirty seconds, repeating four times. Very, very similar to Monday and Tuesday's workouts, and Friday, uh, very similar again: uh, inchworm push-ups times 10, 30 second jumping jacks, 30 seconds rest, repeat four times. So because the celebrity is attempting this workout protocol four days a week, I'm going to contend that each one of those workouts should be uh, uh, described as mediocre, not that impressive, not that challenging, because it lasts for too long. You're asking for a minute and a half of work with only 30 seconds and rest, I would probably flip that on its ear, for example, doing 20 to 30 seconds of hard work, maybe limiting it at 20, and then taking a minute and a half or two minutes rest and only doing that a couple few days a week. So when you kind of uh, uh, increase the severity of your highs and lows in your workout pattern, the stress rest cycle becomes optimized where you can truly show up on Thursday at your meeting with your personal trainer and get a really challenging workout where you push into the higher degree of difficulty zone and then come back the next day in the gym and do some flexibility, mobility, low intensity cardio, things that are nourishing and regenerative to the body rather than slamming four days a week in a proper hit session. Uh, So this uh, conveying this idea to the masses, I think can be extremely destructive because it takes a long time to be able to get to the level of competency, just to be able to survive a week. So congratulations for uh, Chloe not being a couch potato But this needs to be completely reconsidered if we're wanting to look for long-term health, sustainability, longevity. And then as I look through the entire dietary protocol that I reported, What do I not see? There's not much on the higher ranking tiers of the carnivore scores food rankings chart. There's a blank score at level one, the superfoods level two, level three. And then we're sprinkling in a few good things here and there. At least some eggs are getting consumed. At least some fruits are getting consumed. But overall, what would be widely regarded as an optimal diet has a lot of area to improve. And Chloe, you're free to contact me directly. I don't mean to offend you in any way. I'm just trying to help. Thank you for sharing with everyone so that we can learn from you. And especially congratulations on your commitment to healthy eating and fitness. And those of you in your corner, Uh, I urge you to educate yourself further and listen to some of the leading experts on uh, topics like the animal-based dietary movement, on topics like high-intensity repeat training. Thank you for my show with Dr. Craig Marker and toning down the fatigue factor in your overall workout schedule. Um, Ryan, I'm sorry we don't have time for you, but I love your movies, and thanks for listening, everybody. I'm pleased to present B-Rad grass-fed whey protein isolate Superfuel, the absolute highest quality all-natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold-processed and micro-filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please... Don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover, or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine, or you can order direct from Bradnutrition.com with our buy three, get one free, and make the Superfuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. Thank you so much for listening to the Be Rad Podcast. We appreciate all feedback and suggestions. Email podcast at bradventures.com and visit bradkerns.com to download five free ebooks and learn some great long cuts to a longer life. How to optimize testosterone naturally, become a dark chocolate connoisseur, and transition to a barefoot and minimalist shoe lifestyle.